Hello and welcome to the Endpoint Management Today podcast. My name is Rhonda Student Kaiser, Director of Customer Experience for Big Fix. This episode is what we call a rewind, the audio-only portion of content that was originally created in another form, a webinar, conference speech, or product demonstration that we wanted to share with you here. If you would like to see the original content, you can follow the associated link in the podcast show notes. Today's episode is a customer roundtable. As you know, we love our customers here at Big Fix, and we're really happy when they love us enough to come and participate in a customer roundtable. Real customers sharing their experiences with Big Fix in the real world. We hope you enjoy this Big Fix customer roundtable from June 2020. Hey, hi, everyone. Uh, Dan Wolf here from the Big Fix product marketing team. I am director of products. I run product marketing and product management. Um, And um, really good to, to speak to you guys. Uh, today. So with me today in our second uh, uh, version of our end user roundtable, we've got uh, Martin Wolf from Schlumberger. Uh, he's a systems engineer uh, managing over 100,000 endpoints and 20 servers with, with desktops. Um, very, very glad to have Martin with us today. Also, Raul Pe- uh, Pedregon, uh, who's a senior technical infrastructure manager from a Fortune 50 entertainment giant over 130,000 uh, total deployed endpoints. And then Virgil Prather from Alight. Virgil Prather. Prather, sorry. And he's a, uh, is the lead of software asset management uh, for them. He's got, um, Alight is an interesting company. So it's a, a B2B uh, HR support, covers over 15% of US workers, I think, is, is that right? And they're also operating in 120 countries. So big, big, big job there. So today we're just going to have a conversation about you know the impacts of of uh, the current outbreak, how it's impacted the way you operate, um, and how in your particular areas of expertise, how how these changes have have, have happened and, and uh, what lasting impacts they, they might have. But first, let's just go around the room and, and give the audience a little bit more of a feel for your background, uh, your your day to day responsibilities, and um, and, and interests in terms of how you're using Big Fix and other tools in your environment. So why don't we start with uh, Martin? Sure thing. My name is Martin Wolf. Uh, I work uh, in the energy sector uh, for a company called Slumberger. We offer uh, oil field services. Uh, I worked with Big Fix for about seven years. So I've been with the company uh, for 13. And um, on, on my daily list of tasks, um, we, together with one other person, we are uh, the uh, architects, the engineers, and the operators for our entire Big Fix environment. So to say that we operate pretty leanly is, uh, is an understatement. Um, we primarily use Big Fix for, for passion reporting. Uh, we do quite a bit of custom content with the, the product. Uh, and uh, yeah, reporting on, on our estate is, is one of the key uh, things we use to, to the tool for. Yeah, one of the things about Slumberger that you told me about before was um, your uh, endpoints can be on a on a truck, on an oil rig, various places, and and you know you hardly ever know where they are. At least a, a big portion of them, you don't even know where they are. I find that very interesting. And yeah. How, how, how does that work in keeping things compliant and patched? <laughs> it works remarkably well, uh, and and big fix is part of that. Uh, the um, the biggest challenge to our to our uh, daily operations, uh, our ops teams, is the fact that. 10 to 20% of our estate is remote in any given 24 hour period, whether that be a vessel in the middle of the ocean uh, or uh, like I said, a, a rig site. 
uh, or just people working from a customer office. Um, we don't necessarily always have people uh, connecting from a, a rig site or whatever. But um, yeah, the, the challenge is we have an, a relatively high number of, of, of locations all across the world, uh, anything from 500K uh, VSAT links to highly connected data centers. So the biggest challenge uh, in, in many locations is just getting the content out there. And so the, um, the relay uh, system uh, that BigFix has uh, has been a pretty big part of, of being able to uh, deliver content to some of the locations that we serve. Okay. Okay, great. That's, that's excellent. Thanks for that. So uh, Virgil? Yeah, I'm Virgil Prather. Uh, I've been with uh, Alight Solutions since the beginning of 2018. And Alight Solutions is itself is a new company that was spun off from Aon, or Aon Hewitt. And so in, two, in 2017, they spun off about $5 billion worth of Aon in the human capital and financial management, helping HR companies you know, across the US and Europe and then around the world. And so I was initially brought in to help them divide their assets. And one of their embedded platforms is BigFix. And I do BigFix inventory, particularly. A lot of people think of BigFix as one thing, but it's really several tools combined. Previous to that, I used to work at Sears or Sears Holding Company, and I managed their software asset management and their software deployment, and I upgraded all of their uh, endpoints, their, their um, yeah, servers, and their uh, workstations. So 112,000 workstations and 50,000, 60,000 servers all around, you know, around the U.S. and now around the country. And even before that, I used to work for the phone company doing software asset management. And I've been trying to make big fix inventory work since, you know, maybe version six or whatever, just so we don't buy software twice. So as a software asset manager, I need to know enough about all software. We have tens of thousands of, of titles, just enough to install them, count them correctly, make sure that I can report on them to eliminate the risk of reporting. But then I have to loop back around to help capture the best spend total cost of ownership. So not only is big fix an inventory platform, which I use it for, but it's a platform that does so many other things between the relays and the other things, turns out to be a best spend platform if you use it well. And so while I focus on the big fix inventory piece of it, the platform itself has to be installed correctly to capture the spend that I'm aiming at and provide the, the risk mitigation that I'm aiming at as well. So I keep looping back into it and I've been able to create a virtuous cycle to report on software, reduce the spend, capture that spend, and then use that as projects to go forward. And it's created a virtuous cycle. So while I'm new to Alight, I started as a consultant, now I work directly. You know, at Sears, I was able to take the product and go from a $4.3 million cost center with 43 people to a $5 million profit center with uh, more people. And actually we reduce spend on software. So not that we just, create a little bucket for revenue, you know, for, for rent keeping, but we actually solve the problem and reduce the cost to the company across the board. Wow, that's that's impressive. So you would use the, the funds saved from um, underuse of software, I guess, to fund other just general IT projects or? Underuse of software, not paying for people to stand up to do audits in response to Deloitte or whoever it is that engages that. So you have all that time spent to be able to know what software you need to renew when the renewal comes in. It's, 
instead of like having the team engage and go through the emergency, let me figure out what I really need to renew this time process. And so by setting up that process and, and front loading it, you're able to take the spend for the next two years, reduce what you need, and then claw that back to actually accomplish what you need in the inventory. And then you pair things, you reduce your software along with spend reduction, and then you recapture some of that spend reduction to do some of the work that maybe gets overlooked when you're only aiming at a financial way. That, that, is, that is fantastic. I, I had no idea. Um, so the, your CFO really likes, uh, likes to get your reports, I guess. <laughs> It, you know, it, it takes a lot of time to, to kind of reunite the four or five different silos within the company that the software publishers kind of pull apart in that three to five year renewal cycle. So finances over here, accounting's over here, global spend management, then IT, and then reporting compliance. And they spread them all out so that you're always out of place when it comes up for renewal. So if you front load that, you always know what you have. You can get a real-time report of all your software. Someone asks you for a renewal or an audit, bam, you can do it. And then the best thing, bar none, Deloitte accepts big fixed inventory reports if it's installed correctly as valid so they don't have to put their tool on there, do recovery, find anything extra. You provide your big fixed inventory reports. You don't let them in the door to do put their little tool on it. And they'll challenge you, challenge you. And then all of a sudden, we need to validate your report because they accept it as accurate. The publisher hates that. So then they come in, go in and validate. You know, they'll ask for a bunch, 25%. You can get them down to 1%, 2% validate it. If you're 100%, then they're gone. You've solved that whole audit cycle, tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars. You've solved all these things on the front end. Then you've got that money there. Now you can do what you need to do. That's fantastic. So are you auditing uh, IT management software, like antivirus software and, and things like that? Absolutely. We're a multi-billion dollar company. We, we run everything. <laughs> right. So it's not just end user software like um, word processing or. No, Adobe. no. It's, I, you I, know, I, tens of thousands of softwares and, you know, we have nine mainframes or we have several mainframes in our environment. Depends how you want to count them. But, you know, it's solving for the entire software asset portfolio and then being able to merge the data with the procurement data on the front end. So at the point in time when you're doing the quote and the bid, you're generating the POs, you're validating how you're going to account for that. That's, that's fantastic. Thanks. So, uh, Raul. Hello, your... good sir. Yeah. Hi, everybody. My name is Raul. I work uh, in the entertainment industry. Um, we use Big Fix for a lot of different facets. Um, we use it to... Um, uh, my main focuses primary have been at the moment to operating system deployment, to streamlining software deployment, um, and maintaining systems that are not on our network as much as we'd like them to be. Um, so we were heavily focused on that um, right before this. So it worked out really well because we were pretty confident in the processes we built um, to be able to get a system out, make sure the big fix is on it. And then once it's off the network, we were able to maintain it. Um, we also use it heavily for compliance. Um, so that way um, we can maintain and see what uh, software levels we're at along with uh, patching levels as well. Um, using the API um, heavily to report back information so we can 
um, do it to uh, look at information regarding our standards, right? So there's the ratings of the industry and then there's the rating of a private company. Um, so we'll use the API to pull all that out, create data charts for ourselves to see what is for our specific standards. So, so um, devices are on the, are off the network because there, it's a work from home situation. Is that um, We have a lot of contracting and a lot of people traveling the world that are working for us. So we were looking to do this two years ago um, to be able to track people off the network um, because once they're out in the world and out in the field, they may not need to be on the network for months at a time. Um, but so we need to make sure that they were still alive, right? So yeah. we didn't want anything getting lost and be able to maintain everything. So we were um, looking at this for quite a while already. And we were pretty, we're, we're pretty happy with the successes we've had as far as being able to track them. So you have some uh, compliance standards that you're under, that you have to report on. Is that, is that right? Yeah, we uh, name a compliance and we have it minus uh, nothing. <laughs> so we have um, MSB, we have PCI, we have PII, we have all of that good information. We are using Big Fix Report heavily on a lot of that. Um, we we bought the uh, modules. However, we have a lot of customization to fit our environment um, that we've worked to hand-in-hand uh, hand to be able to um, take what's out of the box and, again, to report what is for our environment. Um, so we've done a, a heavy amount of customization as far as our compliance reportings, um, which is why we use the APIs furthermore to be able to pull stuff out and then kind of um, fit it to our needs as well so we can give like a whole holistic view of from beginning to end from uh, PCI uh, to GDPR to um, even uh, just our VM compliancy levels. Mm -hmm. Now do you have, is that a, a, you know, internal reporting app or is there external entities that you have to report that out to? Uh, internal, this is, so this is, no, 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 I'm a liar. Um, this is both internal and external that we have to report this to um, depending upon the season of the year, right? So uh, for audit, for um, internal audits and external audits for um, any type of findings that we may have. Okay, that's, that's fantastic, great. Um, so, so Martin, um, next question is uh, um, for everyone is uh, security threats. Are you seeing new, new kinds of risks that are you're, you're worried about that you're seeing handling or surprising you um, recently? I think that's an unequivocal yes. I mean, the, the landscape's always changing and we have to change with it. The, the key thing is being able to be uh, responsive. Uh, and I think the, the product in, in many ways helps with that. Um, like, I, like I mentioned earlier, we do a lot of custom content for, uh, for our incident response team and our endpoint security teams. Uh, so they, we, I think the key for us is working closely with the people who have the expertise uh, on the security side, along with the uh, ops side, and in, in our case, us. Do you have an example of custom content that you've created to deal with a, some kind of security issue? That's it's okay if you're not not comfortable talking about that. But. Yeah, I can't go into too many specifics on on that. Okay. Okay. All right, uh, uh, Virgil. Um, as far as security, we have a whole security team and again, a lot of restrictions around what we can and can't say, but I do work with the security team as we move forward to make sure that we're getting the best value out of the security assets we have deployed and they're, they're not just in the environment because you can use BigFix to actually see productivity of all your assets. So you can make sure that those assets that you're using are actually providing functionality. 
And so if you set it up right, then you can make sure that A, best spend, no abandoned assets, and that everything's current. Um, but keeping things current is not part of my job, but it's, it's something that's a functionality that's there and observable. Right, right. But Raul, security um, issues you've been seeing lately? Yeah, there, it's been, um, it's actually been great that it's been given more eyes to Big Fix. Um, our security uh, posture division has been able to um, lean on us a little more, asking more questions. We've been able to deliver more data and more content to them. So there's been um, a more of a hand-in-hand working, um, more so than there ever has before because of this whole situation, because they've realized what Big Fix has to offer as far as content. Um, going to detail, unfortunately, no. But um, it's it's been great to see doors opening and and um, and uh, partnerships happening. Yeah. Okay. Good. So, general question, your jet, jet ball question: um, Has has the uh, this uh, epidemic and the and the sort of financial pressure has this changed your IT budgets at all? Any pressure on particular areas that you guys are seeing? Absolutely. I mean. You know, I'm in the energy sector, and uh, obviously, uh, there's a downturn uh, that we're all going through. Uh, so we're we're kind of maintaining at, at this point. Uh, the the key for us is to to automate basically uh, tasks that were previously perhaps had uh, some degree of, of manual oversight. Uh, try to reduce that, and then get as many tasks done through automation as possible. So I think one of the key things there, one one thing that um, both uh, Virgil and, and Roel mentioned is uh, uh, the uh, API. Uh, we say, so back to security, one of the things we do with Big Fix is we integrate with, with other teams. So uh, IOCs from our uh, security team, next generation firewalls, uh, we perform manual reviews on those. Uh, then we determine what we can and cannot respond to in an automated fashion. And then we automate. Uh, and then we go through that process over again. That way we don't have thousands of events on a daily basis that someone has to manually address. As soon as we find a trend, we can automate a response to it and then put that through uh, our automation tool. So IOC comes in, uh, the SOC takes a look at it, or if it's been flagged as, as, as known, the automation goes straight from the uh, from the SOC uh, tool to uh, Big Fix and actions go out. I think that's key in, in situations like this. Sure, sure, good, good point. Uh, Earl, Virgil, any? Can you any... say the question again? Yeah, so it was around around uh, you know budget pressures, changes in your IT IT budgets, uh, which I think is, is a, a real common issue across the industry right now. Uh, you want to go, Raul? Uh, sure. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, money is money, right? So I, I think the big big word of the day is the letter A for you know automation. So everything and anything that can be automated is being requested. Things. As I say, partnerships that we never thought would happen for us are happening because they're like, can we automate this? Can we get this information? Is there any way we can drill this down? We want to install it over here now. Um, so it's uh, for Big Fix, I would say it's been a big win um, for us because we're seeing more people being open rather than thinking, oh, it's so big, brother. I don't want people to see what I'm doing. It's we need to see what's going on. Can we get it installed over here? Um, so for us, uh, as far as budgets, yes, it's getting tighter, but for, uh, for the tool itself, it's been a big, a lot of wins. Great. Great. So along that same lines, and this goes back, you know, well before the beginning of the year, you know, over the years, 
have you seen um, you know tool consolidation happening where maybe it's big fix or maybe it's other things where say hey you can you know it, we've all had tool creep right the, the next big thing comes up you buy a tool and you add this other agent you know and and I think it worked well companies say hey we're we have too much can we we're spending too much it's too complicated can we consolidate somehow so do you guys have any stories about over the years how how that has occurred and how that's impacted you well I didn't take a turn last time so let me jump in um, the whole reason I started with Big Fix Inventory back, you know, before the before 2010 was because I was tired of buying software that I already had on the shelf or software that had redundant functionality. So those two things, that's my primary goal around software asset management is not buying software again and then leveraging our the entire catalog of assets. So with the automation, you can set it up so that, A, you know, it can automa automatically provide software, check the inventory, do a lot of things with, with the setup and requirements. But the other thing is you can provide functionality descriptors and then a, a, like a uh, your key tool for something. So a lot of times, and I numerous times I've had someone come to me and say, I need software X. It's an emergency. And with just a little description around the functionality of it, if you have another software in the inventory that gives them that functionality and it's free, they'll almost always take it. <laughs> and mm -hmm. free gives them a budget to train on how to use that. So then you're taking their budget that they were going to duplicate on a separate product. You make it available to them. You give them software that you're already using that you've paid for that's idle and idle in your inventory. You can deploy that out using Big Fix. And then they can take their money and train their people on a consolidated platform. So now you're starting to figure out how to influence the best spend for your uh, for your teams company-wide, regardless of what functionality they want, regardless of how they choose to do it. And you make it a virtuous process. So you're not going out by compliance. Are you using this database? Are you doing that tool for this preferred thing? You're making it available. You have that library there. You, and then you can turn it back. And so they'll go and then save the money themselves. And that's how it gets to the bottom line instead of just moving money around from one department to another. And I could take the rest of the call to tell you about that. <laughs> Great story. Uh, Martin, you have any, have any tales of consolidation? I think Virgil touched on, on most of the, the high points that, that we have uh, been through as well. One thing I, uh, I would like to mention is uh, again, going back to automation, because that's a lot of my daily tasks. Um, in a situation where you have a product that's licensed by number of concurrent uh, installs um, over a 30-day period, what we've been able to use BigFix for is, again, take an IOC from, uh, from the SOC. They want to deploy uh, some software, uh, a piece of software to, to an endpoint uh, for a limited time. Uh, and then pull that back off again after they've done their tasks. Uh, we've been able to use uh, BigFix to to automate that whole process so that we don't need to deal with having 100,000 licenses when we only need 10. If I could just jump in about one other thing really quick. Um, one thing that you can really do on this is a lot of companies have a few locations where they build all their devices and they're sending things out, they're coordinating it, they have an expedite process for getting a, uh, an asset to someone or even rebuilds for people in the field like that. If you deploy your, your uh, relays correctly, you can do all builds through the relays. 
and you can stage pre-stage your software in the correct relays for those types of builds you expect in those areas. So you can take a multi-million dollar, again, depending on the size of your organization, you can take a substantial shipping budget and eliminate it just through your relay system by, by enabling your builds. And then you take someone's device, you can do a direct drop ship from your provider, new device, they plug it in. And then the functionality with the, with the discrete, uh, with the discrete um, restrictions on both the network and the processor, you can give them whatever amount of uh, build capability they need from that relay at the closest area. So they can just plug in a device, leave it on overnight, hit F12, it comes back built in the morning. You've solved their emergency response quicker and you've saved all that shipping money. So again, I, I think that those two things kind of that's just like an extra functionality you can get out of this tool as you figure out your best spend for the software. Yeah, no, that's, that's fantastic. You guys use the uh, the uh, custom application catalog from um, from Big Fix. Does anybody use that the app catalog? Mm -hmm. Are you, are you okay? Yeah, we we have a uh, it's a it's a called the work from home solution. There's actually a guide that we created, which is available on BigFix.com. If you go. If you go to that, but you know, one of the aspects of our work from home solution, which is essentially a bundling of various pieces of Big Fix, is things like you know the remote desktop support, uh, custom app catalog capability, um, and, and various other other components. Because we wanted to do something that I think would help our our users, and so this this guide and and this solution we put together is is uh, has been been pretty popular for that. Okay. So just just looking beyond you know your IT department, you know what what kind of changes have happened in the last six months that um, that you think will be long lasting, which will uh, which will last beyond when this whole thing is is over, in terms of you know where people work, how they work, loads on your network, um, relationships to partners and things like that. Any any, any insights into that? Sure. Like I mentioned, we have a relatively large percentage of our workforce uh, being mobile to begin with, but we went from 10 to 20,000 remote workers in a day to 60 to 70,000. So we tripled our, our remote worker account. And that is likely to stay in place for a while. Uh, certainly from within my own organization, uh, I know that we will be continuing uh, remote work for, for the foreseeable future, and we're probably going to reduce the number of um, the number of actual locations that we, uh, the office locations that we have. Uh, so the big thing for us is how do we manage the network load, for instance, uh, with with that. And so one of the things we did uh, in the first few weeks uh, after uh, we saw this increase in, in remote workers was reconfigure our relay infrastructure. Uh, the way our, uh, our, our architecture looks uh, like is we have the main server, then we have top tier relays, relays beneath the top tier, and then clients, some degree of, of variance uh, between the, the top tier and then client, but that's our overall arcing structure. When we got 60, 70,000 computers coming in via the, the gateways, our VPN gateways, uh, we saw an increase in, in traffic on, on the top tier relays. So within just 24 hours, we were able to reconfigure our entire uh, environment basically to uh, stand up a couple of new relays in the locations where we had VPN gateways, uh, and then use the functionality in the client called uh, failover list 
for, for relay selection to automatically uh, and dynamically point clients coming in through different gateways to the relays that were local to that to those sites. So I think the the, the huge benefit that the agent offers is flexibility. Um, like I said, 24 hours, we worked with the network team pretty closely uh, to uh, to use the existing technology that we had implemented auto flexion for relay and a hop count limit uh, for of two for uh, for our infrastructure. Uh, and then just added service to the to the um, failover list depending on dynamically where uh, which subnets they were coming in from. That really helped uh, our our network team uh, internally and for, for our VPN solution deal with the the load. Congratulations! So service was never degraded. That whole thing and in that in that whole that whole transition to so many more users. Huh? Degraded as in it took a little bit longer for the the, the first day we deployed content. But within a few hours, we had, we'd started to work on that. So yeah, we never had any downtime. Uh, we had perhaps a, a, an increase yeah. in time for, for content delivery. But other than that, it really was very, very low impact. But again, yeah. it comes from having a, a, a great working relationship with your network team, uh, yeah. especially an organization where, where the two of us who manage the big, big side uh, are, uh, we're, we're pretty siloed. So again, keeping those, uh, those silo walls low as possible is, is key. Well, we could probably do a whole a whole discussion around relationships between you know endpoint <laughs> network teams and mobile management teams and and things like that. Right? It's all it's uh, everybody's got some some varying degree of relationships there, I think, and and, and how they work. So it's absolutely true. Absolutely. Uh, anybody else, Raul, Virgil, long term changes? Um. Yeah, I think so. Um as uh, Martin put it, like there's going to be a lot more uh, working from home even after this, I believe, you know what I mean? Like most companies as you see are already saying till the end of the year that they're going to be working from home. Um, but if you talk to people, a lot of people, um, companies are deciding, well, we're getting as much work, if not more work of people from working from home, because back in the day, the stigma was if they work from home, people aren't going to work. Now the, they're putting the proof in the pudding and people are working, even in some cases, even working more now that they're working from home. So kind of everyone's buying in on this and being like, okay, this is great. So is your, our infrastructure is going to support that, right? So for us, we kind of did it seamlessly because we were already doing this, um, not because we were anything cool. It was just because of our industry, we were set. So when everything flipped, um, thumbs up, um, we were okay. We were fine. We were we were all comfortable with it. Um, I did not architect this piece, so I'm not trying to speak cool of myself. But the guy who did architect it set it up very well, um, and we didn't have anything that we had to modify, anything we had to change. Um, but even now, so it's like, okay, well, our uh, like Martin said, are we going to have offices right with uh, cloud infrastructures with people working from home? The footprints are no longer in walls that you own. They're now in uh, the infrastructures in AWS. It's in Azure. It's in uh, Gary Thompson's living room. You know what I mean? Like those are the devices you now own and big fix because of, uh, like Mark said, the flexibility. Um, it allows for that. It has allowed for that seamlessly, 24 hours seamlessly. Like it's really been, um, uh, that is going to be the brave new world. And I think tools like this, especially big fix, really lend to this capability. Fantastic. Virgil, you get the last word. Okay, thanks. And I'll take a hard left turn. Um, my biggest thing is software audits. That's the biggest risk that we have. And so sometimes you might be requested, you get a software audit, you have to present that information. And, you know, typically 
well, there's the big three, but it's Deloitte. Deloitte does 40 to 50% of the world's audits. They're kind of like the Google of audits. There's Deloitte and everyone else. <laughs> and okay. so it, Deloitte comes in, they audit you. There's a very specific process. And, and I love Big Fix because Deloitte takes the Big Fix reporting. But ever since the Equifax debacle, and I could go through a bunch of things that happened behind that, but there's a risk that has changed to everybody that outsources software to other companies like you know our companies. And so now they're required to also audit you and they bring in Deloitte to do the software asset management on the customer side. So not only whatever you told them in your IT department when you're buying it doesn't have to be true. It has to be true from security all the way through endpoint to whatever software you're talking about that it does the same way. So you got Deloitte auditing you on both sides around that and around the data integrity, P, you know, PII, SOX, EDRP, any of these security protocols around that. And that is increasing a lot. And so they're doing the overlays between what you tell them on this side to what you tell them on that side. And so there's just a huge risk there that people aren't even thinking about. But in order to buy insurance, put your software somewhere else, you have to bring it in and audit anyone who holds your software now. And that's a risk that no one's thinking about. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. A really good point. Well, I uh, I think we're coming up on the end of our, our conversation, and I can't thank you guys enough for participating. You know, I counted up all the years of Big Fix experience, 25 combined years of, of uh, Big Fix hands-on experience and great sage advice. I think that uh, the uh, the viewers of this, uh, this roundtable are really, really going to benefit from. So again, I, I thank you um, uh, for being a Big Fix customer and, and to spend your valuable time with us today. It's greatly appreciated. Thanks again for joining us today. We hope you found this content valuable. Remember to check the show notes if you want to see the content in its original video form. Endpoint Management Today is a brainchild of James Stewart and Rhonda Student Kaiser. Our podcast is inexpertly edited by James and Rhonda. Original music from Dan Corcoran, Big Fix Specialist and All Around Renaissance Man.